0: Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickish is a brand. Allen Houston. Lord. Once the neck, always the neck. the What is going on guys? You're listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo Faiz and Dean here. It is the last day of 2023. Uh, Early wishes to everyone listening here. Happy New Year Uh, for Nickish. It's been a blessed year for for us. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. Check out our website nick-ish.com for Nickish gear. We got some new colorways. We got sage. We got dusty pink. We got cream for you guys. Cop it where it's your next Knicks game and uh yeah i mean we got some major news yesterday we'll get into it but first let's bring in my guy fights what's going on man
1: i'm doing good man happy new year's to everyone happy new year's to all our listeners um I'm excited to talk about uh what happened yesterday with the Knicks uh it being a major move uh changing the direction of the franchise we'll go a little bit more into it as the episode goes on but um I'm excited to end the year with um you know one of the special guys from Nickish, we got Dean on board with us um as you know Mo alluded to earlier this was a big year for Nickish and one of the big uh, one of the big additions was Dean and having him uh for big moments like this when the Knicks make a, a big trade so uh we could pick his brain apart and just talk about the Knicks' future going forward. So uh happy to have Dean on with us on the on the last year of 2023.
2: How you feeling Dean? Good. It's uh definitely was a bomb that was dropped on us yesterday with the trade of RJ Barrett quickly second round pick good second round pick from Detroit for OJ OG, OGN and Obi. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it a little bit because we don't, you know, this doesn't happen too often that key pieces of the rotation go out um, and uh, shake up like this goes down.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about how it felt when we got the news, because because I was I was traveling back from Europe. I was on a nine hour flight, so I had no service whatsoever. Landed to like 10, 20 different tags. All my Twitter pops all showed up rj barrett man quickly traded for og ananobi and i didn't know how to react i was in a, i was in a plane full of people uh my now you know wifey was next to me and uh, i was just like yo what the fuck <laughs> uh because because it felt a lot like when porzingis was traded almost now five years ago which is crazy to think about he was trading in 2019 that february day um and you just you just think about these players that have been a part of this squad since the since their very first day. You see them kind of grow, and you you look at them sort of like family. Um, you see you see their kind of mishaps, and you know uh, at the same time you saw their improvements in their game and how much work they put in. And you kind of hope, as a fan of a franchise that hasn't seen a championship in like fifty years, um, that these guys will bring you to the promised land. And to see them get traded for a player that we've been rumored to be interested in for. I want to say like a year uh, is definitely bittersweet uh, more for me on the bitter side, because I loved quickly. I love RJ. Um, they, they gave us some incredible moments over the last couple of years and to see that they they were traded away for a player who we'll, we'll get into, we'll get to OGN and OB uh, it sucked, um, you know, emotionally as a fan, we're not going to talk about the logical side yet, the unbiased side, but as a biased lifelong Knicks fan, it, it really sucked to see these two young kids who we, we thought so highly of get, get trade on a whim. But business is business. This is part of it. Uh, trades like this happen. And you kind of need to, their are necessities if you're really trying to get to that, you know, as I said before, promised land with a championship and a banner. You kind of need to make trades like this to, to really make it work. How did you guys feel? Because you guys found out like nine hours before I did when the news dropped that this trade happened
2: so my initial reaction i saw sham's tweet that just said that the knicks had acquired OG. um hit like on the tweet i was excited i was intrigued it took me a few seconds probably to start thinking about who was probably in that trade so you know in the back of my mind i'm thinking is this fournier grimes and first rounders um wasn't sure exactly, but then I think right before I like went over to the timeline, I think I had a brief thought like, oh, what if quickly was in this deal? I don't know if I would like it as much and uh, swiped over to the timeline, saw some follow up tweets from Shams that uh, quickly was indeed in the deal. Of course, like I said earlier, RJ quickly and a second rounder Um, didn't mention yet that the Knicks also got back Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn Um. But yeah, my my initial reaction to seeing Quickly in there was to be—it was impossible to just be excited about the new player when I, like so many Knicks fans, feel that Emmanuel Quickly's contribution to the team are extremely underrated, and um, he's super integral part of the team. Having a strong bench and having a starting caliber guard coming off our bench for all this time has been one of the key like components of this team. As good as this team is, I think a lot of it has had to do with the fact that Emmanuel quickly comes off our bench and other teams don't have that kind of a luxury. So uh, we're going to get much more into it, but I think, you know, RJ was a little undersized to be playing the three. Uh, that's and, and we've also been missing a backup four since losing Obi. We've had Josh Hart out of position there. So OG, absolutely great size for the three. No, no concerns there. He's got enough size to play the four. He has started at the four in the past for the Raptors, so he could play the four on bench units a little bit, whereas uh, Josh Hart was filling that void before. And so we plugged basically two important holes, but then we created a new one by not having uh, an elite backup guard. It looks like Deuce McBride is going to step into that role. They gave him a three-year relatively cheap extension yesterday, which was also interesting. But, yeah, I think we solved a couple problems and created a new one.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a little bit I'm with um I'm with Dean where I, I didn't get the Shams report first, I got the Woods report first. So um it was hard to be a little bit excited to add a guy like OG Ananobi when all I could focus on was the words Emmanuel quickly and draft compensation. Uh, RJ Barrett, like a lot of love for him as a player, seeing him grow and develop uh, in, in a New York Nick jersey, you know, seeing the excitement that he had when he first came on, you know, yo, i Nick. a uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to have RJ uh, develop for us as he did. You know, I have like three RJ jerseys at home. Like I, I am a fan of RJ Barrett, but I wasn't as concerned about seeing his name because it just felt inevitable. It feels like, The Knicks have been trying to uh, play this game of chicken with R.J. Barrett, uh, trying to trade him in the Donovan Mitchell package, uh, you know, threatening to uh, to sign him to a contract if we don't trade him like it's just been really weird since that. And uh, you know he's had a lot of ups and downs, but um, I was much more concerned about losing Emmanuel quickly. Uh, this was more way more on the emotional side of it. I'd say on the logical side, it made sense that Emmanuel quickly was trading, being considering his contract situation, something that we've been talking about since he wasn't extended in the summer. This has been a constant topic I think every week on Nickish. So uh, the emotional side, I was really upset seeing Emmanuel quickly go because we we know it. He's like he's literally one of the best uh, net net efficiency players um, in Knicks history right now. He's a uh, part of every single good lineup for us. So seeing him go was was both hurt, like hurtful and emotional, but also reading the words draft compensation. When you're like looking at these deals, when you see the words draft compensation and you hear the rumors around OG for the last few years, and you're hearing multiple first round picks, I'm panicking saying, oh shit, we were the dumb team that gave up multiple first-round picks for an expiring contract. But as the rest of the details trickled in, you know, you'd know you think you'd learn this by now. Just relax, wait for the rest of the details to trickle in, and then react to a situation. Uh, no, you know I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm going to react as soon as I see any word of the Knicks doing a trade. But uh, like Dean mentioned, when I saw that it was a second-round pick, even though it's a great second-round pick from Detroit, worst team in the NBA, and uh, Malachi Flynn um, and uh, pressures being added, I know they're not like fantastic starters or something, but role players when what Dean is talking about, we're missing uh, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett from a rotation, seeing us add the rest of those guys. I was, I was able to calm myself down and be like, okay, this, this seems like a, a much more fair trade that the Knicks got involved in. It's just about uh, where it shakes out for, for IQ and where it shakes out for RJ. But shout, shout out to those two guys. Shout out number nine and number five, because i um, they, they were, there were some integral pieces in some tough years and it's, it's, it's part of it, you know, it's part of it to see that, um, that the, the Knicks were, we're going to draft young players and we're going to have to move on from them at one point, but it just, we knew the moment was coming, but now that the moment's here, it it sucks to, to see these guys grow. And it's nuts to see that there's only two guys left from the fourth seed we hear year It's just, randall and, and mitch now everyone else from that roster is gone oh and todd gibson my fucking back nope. todd fucking gibson. so uh <laughs> there's three guys left technically uh from from that time but um it's 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 bittersweet I, yeah I it's bittersweet i'm feeling a little bit of the bitter right now
0: yeah and i th- I think it's good to summarize because some, some of our listeners are still you know not as into the knicks as we are and just put some perspective on why it matters so much that these two players were traded because you, you got to think about rj barrett first off was a highest pick third, third pick of the 2019 draft highest pick that the Knicks have had since Patrick Ewing back in like a five. And, um, he, he was that player that we thought would be our franchise player. We thought he's going to, you know, link up with, oh, sorry. 2018 draft was when he was drafted. No, no. 2019 It's 2019. He thought, the knicks would be losing so much that we could just link up what whichever player we draft with porzingis and you know obviously porzingis got traded blah 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 but rj came in he thought he could be a two-way superstar kind of player he did have that hype in high school he had that hype in college along with zion and duke and he thought that you know he would grow to be that player but we saw over the last five years he's just been inconsistent he's had hot streaks downstreaks. We just started making our own excuses in our own heads to be like, oh no, it's it's pre-all-star. So this is pre pre-all-star game, uh, RJ Bear where he does not play that well. And then after uh, you know in the second half of the season he's gonna step up and, and light it up. And you know, we kind of thought he made a turnaround earlier the season before that that migraine. That migraine that just changed everything because he was playing like how we thought he'd play. Um, and then afterwards, we saw that really the only improvement that he's made consistently is his free throw shooting. Everything else kind of off up and down. His three point shooting went down. Uh, his, his defense is, is inconsistent at best. And uh, he's just not going to be that guy who could be the third best player on a contending team. This is the evolution of the Knicks um, back in 2020. All we'd say was play the kids. Those kids are all grown up and on and are all on different teams now. This is an, that next level where we have players now in their prime, uh, who are much better players, um, and have that capability of of trying to make it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. IQ was that player that we got um, as part of that Porzingis trade, twenty fifth pick, that we we got. I I want to say from the Clippers, if my memory's right that was and, um, the
2: marcus morris trade yeah
0: that yep. yeah so that marcus sorry so, but marcus morris we got because porzingis left that's what i'm, I'm thinking about that that one that picture trade, that, yeah, that the that gift trade. that never stops giving so <laughs> we got we got iq for that marcus morris trade we got him at the 25th pick he was a kid who not that many knicks fans knew about and didn't have weren't as bullish on but once he started you know playing in the preseason he became an instant fan favorite because he could drop bombs shift the momentum. And really, just have that green light. And he was a type of player that the Knicks never had before, but always wanted. And um, he saw I a mean, player development
1: wise too. Development wise too, like you see the player that IQ came in as, and you see the player that he left as. It's it's a it's it's respect to the Knicks' development. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about Tom Thibodeau in terms of developing young players, but. IQ came in as a slashing shooting guard who could just has like a little bit of a floater. But as we watched him, you see his defense improve, his playmaking improve, like IQ could be a starter on a team. And that's due to the Knicks. That's due to the belief of worldwide West in this player. So a Lot of respect to, to Emmanuel quickly and what the Knicks organization has done with him. It's it's yeah. a it's it's like a result of the hard work and the direction that the, the Knicks have been going in over the last few years.
0: Exactly. And he trans transitioned himself to be a late first round pick to a player who can demand a hundred million dollar plus contract. And because he had that kind of demand that is not out of pocket, he absolutely earned and deserves it. The Knicks just can't afford him, and that's why he would be a restricted free agent, and most likely would be signed to another team anyway. So they used him in a trade, and probably the the prize pick in this trade, not RJ. I, IQ is probably the, the biggest name that the that the Raptors are getting in a trade for OG Precious and Malachi Flynn. So shout out to both of those guys. They killed it. I mean, IQ and. You know, wore that Nickish hat and he took a picture with it. That meant so much to the brand, and that was just that was just an awesome, surreal feeling for for us to see it happen live. And um, you know, just just Big a up classy to the family, exactly. Yeah, shout out to all of them. Shout out to Auntie. Um, and that that whole you know, just played with class at a different level. And so did R.J. Barrett, Toronto kid going back home. Uh, amazing, amazing history or amazing time they had with the Knicks. That that buzzer beater against Boston is one that I'll never forget. Seeing him live in that first game of the playoffs against the Hawks, putting that dunk on the team, that was awesome. And, uh, you know, shit, that, that I'll never forget as a Knicks fan.
2: Yeah, with uh, with Quickly, like you mentioned, the, the probably going to lose him in free agency. You know, I think if it came down to it and another team offered him uh, an offer sheet and at that point the Knicks had no other option, I think they would have matched it. I think they definitely valued him as a player quite a bit. Um, I just think that I had kind of accepted that he was going to be included in a trade this season because yeah, they would have paid him if they had to, but I think they just think it's redundant to pay him. They were going to end up having to pay him more than they paid Jalen Brunson. And that's a byproduct of Jalen Brunson being on an extremely team-friendly contract. Um, so, you know, the. there's there's no issue with the fact that quickly was going to command 25 to 30 million. And hopefully the Raptors pay him that. I'd love to see him get paid. Um, but yeah, I think the Knicks thought their resources were just better allocated in another spot. And we definitely needed, we needed to improve defensively. And I think Tibbs is going to love OG. I think everybody's uh, in agreement about that. I think we're going to see a lot of 43, 44 minute nights from OG under Tibbs. Um, Worried about those B's. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but something that's important though is that OG, he's he shoots. I think the number I saw was forty-five percent from corner threes over the yep. last couple years. Yep. I know you did some digging on some stats yesterday, but uh, a significant, significantly higher number on more volume. Than, uh, than what RJ was giving them at the three
1: RJ, spot. RJ at 32% from the corner three on like 271 shots. OG um 45% this over the past three seasons uh, on 330 shots. So yeah. like uh, 16 more shots and much better percentage.
2: Yeah. So I think it's, it's a very interesting trade that leaves you not feeling robbed, but not feeling like you got away with the robbery. Cause it's like, I feel like the Knicks gave up something that they really needed in Emmanuel quickly and got back something that they really needed. But part of me is just worried that the Knicks gave away their secret sauce. I I really think that quickly was a lot of what made this team run and gave them that edge over other teams. And um, they're going to have a really hard time replacing what he was doing. We're going to see a lot of, even if I believe in Deuce and he's going to come into his own a little bit with some consistency in his role, we're going to see a lot of zero point performances from Deuce coming off the bench and quickly was never given us zero points. There's going to be a lot of, you know, two points, two rebounds, one steal from Deuce McBride. That's just kind of how he's going to fit in, in my opinion. Hopefully I'm wrong, but. um,
0: It's an incomplete um, roster. That's, yeah, that's it's just, what it is. Let's
2: mm-hmm. just kind All of. Right,
1: I, I will say part of it is because Mitch is out. It feels a lot more incomplete than it is, but I, I am in agreement with you guys, especially losing. Yeah, that, if we still player.
2: had Mitch, we could throw out lineups with uh, with Deuce and Grimes, OG and Mitch out there, maybe Josh Hart too.
1: Lock up,
2: lock, lockdown, lock Alcatraz.
1: Down. That's the Alcatraz lineup. Line. Yeah, I'm excited
2: to have this influx of defense, but Quickly was a hell of a defender too. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna act like I watch a ton of Raptors. You know, the most I ever see of OG is usually probably in the playoffs. Um, But by all accounts, from people who seem to know, seem to be in the know, uh, he's a, someone, I saw someone say he's not a good defender, he's not a great defender, he's a special defender. Sorry, I can't remember who that was to give them credit, but... uh, I'm looking forward to finding out and tips. they very along.
1: recently making all uh, second team all defensive, so you know uh, yeah. he's he has the accolades for it to show too. But um, on the topic of uh, OG Ananobia and how he fits on this Knicks roster, like um, you do lose Emmanuel quickly, who was who was basically just uh, relieving Jalen Brunson or even playing with Jalen Brunson at times because of our already incomplete roster. Like I wouldn't say our com- roster was fully complete even before this. But- but um, you're hoping that now Jalen Brunson can continue to take a load of those point guard minutes. Maybe Malachi Flynn and Deuce McBride together can help fill the hole when Jalen Brunson isn't there. But uh, now you feel a lot more confident having um, O.J. Ananobi play where R.J. was playing or even where Grimes was playing at, or Josh Hart, Divincenzo. But as a as the defender, like, yeah, we say that Grimes is a really great defender and he can guard the best Perimeter player on the other team. RJ sometimes was well up and down, but now you have OG with the confidence of that he's gonna play that Luol Dang role for tips that he did on the Bulls, that he could um defend the best player on the other side and then make a couple of shots. Where RJ he's not he's not getting that gravity. Like when we played in the Hawks series. No one cares that RJ's in the corner waiting to shoot a three. Now, OG, I'm not saying that they're gonna set double and triple teams for him, but he's gonna keep you honest if he's shooting 45% from the corner over the last three seasons. So um if you're looking, if you're looking at OG shot chart, like if we're just looking at, I wanna say the left the left corner he's making or the right corner, he's making like 52% of his shots from there. Like if you have an automatic knockdown shooter from some of those spots it could really open up the lineup a lot more maybe you'll see a less rel- like less heavy reliance on that bench unit and tips can fall back more into his old ways which we kind of don't want to see but a little bit more reliance on that tight rotation maybe we won't even see malachi flynn really crack the rotation unless deuce deuce isn't up to bar
0: yeah yo i just realized i got rj's poster right behind me dean yep that poster you got iq and and ovian like that it's all asinine at this point on why why we still have it up.
2: Uh, Not it going anywhere. My theory is that Tibbs hates fun so much that he just saw two it, guys being it, best oh my- friends and having such a good time. <laughs> Especially go with no
1: Mitch with on the roster right now, it feels like the life and soul of the Knicks, like the young life and soul of the Knicks has been just taken out of a vacuum. And don't get me wrong, yeah. Jalen Brunson knows how to have fun with his three celebration. He talks a little bit of smack. Josh Hart can, you know, get, get exciting, but... Emmanuel quickly, like, I'm not ready to see him hit a three on on the Knicks from in a Raptors jersey and then start doing the fucking swimming and like like some fun. Even RJ to a certain extent, like these guys were young. They were available for the media. Like they they played with pride with New York on their chest. And to see those guys go, it feels like a lot of that, the stuff that made the secret sauce that made the Knicks young, exciting, like Obi Toppin's gone. Manual quickly's gone. RJ Barrett's gone. Like, I know this is a new era of the Knicks and winning will change everything. Like, I don't care if it's in a fucking suit and tie. If we're winning games, I'm gonna be fucking happy. But some of that flair that we had, it feels like it, we we it exited the building with Emmanuel Absolutely. quickly walking out.
0: It feels like we're going to college, man. That's that's what it is. It feels like we're going to we're going to local man, state school. Man, it feels like I'm going we to just... fucking
1: grad school. Not even college, bro. <laughs> Grassley, college yeah. is a little bit of fun. I'm doing my MBA <laughs> and shit. Like OG Adanobi is such a like and respect. Like I've seen Raptors Twitter like show so much love and respect for this guy. You could tell he's a consummate professional and he's gonna be great for us. But I don't know, man. Some of that that fun and excitement. I'm gonna miss a, I'm gonna miss IQ being him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he said Luall. He Dang before. I haven't I didn't hear Luall Dang's name in like ten years, but that's a I, great I comparison. Said that, um,
2: I said that to somebody yesterday. That uh Tibbs <laughs> got his new Luall Dang. Hey,
0: they're just, both, they're both they're both from UK, they're right? They're, they're both English. Like as long as they don't are they? They're is they're both OG English? English. I know I know. O G is. I feel I feel like I, I, I don't saw think Luall. I, I
2: don't think, think Dang is English. I think he might have been. That that feels that feels crazy. But in any case, I feel like he was from Sudan, but he might have had. Damn, where was, where was he from?
0: As long as Tibbs doesn't make OG play Luol Dang type of minutes. Because Luol Dang is some guy who does not Sudanese play British every game. South like, Sudanese
2: he... British, we got
0: it. Oh, oh what, what, this is who? OG or Luol? Luol? Luol Deng. Okay, and OG's yeah. British too? Yes, he is British. Oh not shit, man, okay. Sure. That's crazy. What the fuck? All right. <laughs> yeah, that's British, great. OG
2: Ananobi British basketball player. That's what that's what oh, comes like. Yeah. He's like 21 savage.
1: Like you're just like, what? He's British. <laughs> I, <didn't... laughs>
2: I want to touch on um, since we're talking about quickly and RJ, part of what my my bond to Emmanuel Quickly as a player really comes from like his rookie year, our starting point guard was Alfred Payton. And so it was uh-huh. just the whole fan base, even the you know, I was pretty sure that this was a very good player and that he deserved the opportunities regardless. But like the whole fan base was just united behind the fact that Alfred Payton isn't giving us anything in any area. And at least Emmanuel quickly can knock down some threes and push the pace and he's fun. Um, And we just spent a whole year begging, begging Tibbs to start quickly over Payton. And um, eventually, eventually Jalen Brunson came along and, you know, there's still a, there was still a big, subsection of uh, Knicks fans who would have hoped to see quickly start at the two. Um, Obviously they don't expect him to start over Brunson. Um, I was, I was in that camp because I feel like his length and his rebounding, his defense, I'm sure somebody could shoot over him, like pull up in the mid range, but I think he took care of business where he had to. So I, I think it was a little short-sighted by the Knicks to just think that he was superfluous somehow to the roster construction. Um, But I think he's going to a pretty good basketball situation to so a team that really could use him.
1: If hey, Scotty so together, teams. that's going to be a good – I feel like that's the perfect type of guy next to Scotty because yeah. Scotty um, – he plays a little bit – they've been playing a little bit of point Scotty in, in Toronto, and now you have quickly who could play off of him who's used to playing with a ball-dominant guy like Jalen Brunson.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because both teams on either side of this trade, uh, by all accounts, there there could be more coming for both teams. Uh, yep. it's heavily rumored that Siakam will get moved. They've been looking into moving him for for a while. I think he's a little older than their timeline. And, uh, for the Knicks, I saw yesterday that like the next big trade for the Knicks would include Randall. Um, I, I saw that too. Um, yeah. I, I think I know the guy's name, I don't want to put him on black. He's
1: he's also the guy who's like reporting a lot about the DeJounte.
2: Uh, yeah Nick that,
1: scott scott something scotto, scott. I think. yeah, yeah scotto yeah. something like
2: that um i don't know enough about him to like make some declaration whether he's like trustworthy or not but it's interesting to see that because i've always been of the mind that like as long as julius randall's playing well he's not going anywhere and whenever he's not playing well he's not going to have value so i've just always had it in my head that there's no way this guy's ever getting traded <laughs> um but this was a bold move to ship out rj and quickly so now i, I would be more inclined to believe that they would be willing to capitalize on Julius when his value is a little higher. He's been playing phenomenal basketball for us. Yep.
0: Yeah. So um, the change now, the change now is we went from having young players with tantalizing potential and where we, the conversation would be like, yo, just be patient, just be patient, like give another year. Like they're developing right now to players now pretty much all in their primes. And we know, what we can get from them at least from a baseline level and now the ceiling kind of increases a little bit uh because we have 26
1: to 29 range
0: exactly and they all they're all good in their roles and um this can't be the last move because we still have all of our first round picks we still have foreign expiring contract we still have players all this is was kind of consolidate the positions now we don't really have an influx of players in the two to three to four two to three roles we still need that 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 secondary playmaker, we still need that that lights out shooter. Kinda of sounds like Quickly. I mean, quickly would have been perfect for this. If RJ had developed better than than he was, then this could have been a one-off situation where it was RJ for OG plus some maybe draft capital. We would have kept IQ. But this can't be this can't be the end. And um, you know, there are rumors circulating, like you just said, Dean, that there's there has to be another follow-up move to this to put the Knicks in more of a win out position, whether whether they go for an all-star or a superstar. Ah, uh, Murray's name's been around. I don't know if we can afford him. I, I'm not. I'm not saying he should be the guy. Maybe if we can ship off Randall, then it can work out. They can have a Trey Young, Randall kind of situation in Atlanta that could work. I don't know, but I feel like the the way the Knicks are positioned right now, we didn't really move up or down. We kind of moved laterally. And without another additional trade for at least another piece, maybe we could use a first round pick to get like a six man player, maybe like a Clarkson kind of player. I don't know. That I, I just feel like this can't be it. There's gonna be more.
2: Yeah, it's just a funny situation because I really liked what we had and I really like what we got. Um, I agree that another move's gotta be coming because that's just not enough. Um, like it's not enough punch at the wings to OG Ananobi and Dante Divincenzo. Vincenzo. Sure, they could both have some big nights they're capable of, but to get where the Knicks want to go, it's it's absolutely not enough. Um
0: Shout out to Dante too. He just dropped thirty eight last yeah. night. God damn. I know Dante
2: <laughs> went crazy yesterday. Yesterday was a was a cool game. Um, we're not even talking Kobe about the Randall game here. That's what I just
0: realized.
2: Yeah, that was that was a fun game. <laughs> yeah. But um, you mentioned trading uh, Randall and maybe in the Dejounte package. I can tell you right now that Hawks fans would be furious because Hawks fans really love Jalen Johnson.
1: They also first had were... saw what Randall does in the playoffs.
2: Exactly, like they've been they've been roasting Randall online for years now. So, um, that would be a funny trade if that went down. Um, I think I think the Knicks have the ammo to get Dejounte. I just don't know if it's the right move. I think like Fournier yeah, and Grimes and a bunch of firsts uh, could get you there. I looked at it. I mean, Murray's averaging twenty and thirty eight percent from three. I've always felt like his jumper looks better than it is. Um, he's got the mid range pull up. He's a good player. It's just. I don't know, giving up on all the youth, like if it ends up being that we lose quickly, RJ, Grimes, lost Obi in the offseason, and we end up with this team of like DeJounte, Murray, OG, and, and Obi. It feels kind of like building a team on 2K, like you're trying to accumulate guys who are me me like. It's and, giving me um,
1: those Bulls vibes, like, you know, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, like, they're all yeah. like good players, but are they really that? Like, I, I feel like... Jill, like the way the NBA works now, you can see that there's clearly two max contracts that are slotted in, like two guys who are getting max contracts, a third guy who's getting an okay contract, and then the rest of the roster fills out. And the way Jalen Brunson's been playing, you can tell that he's gearing towards being that second slotted max contract guy where when his renegotiate negotiation comes up uh the knicks are going to give him whatever he wants because he's been holding the knicks flow it's just now about who's going to be that other guy and if you're telling me the other guy is going to be Dejounte murray I'm not, I'm not excited about that. That's not a roster I could get behind. If you're me it's Donovan Mitchell, I feel better about it. But, again, I'm feeling kind of the same way because I'm not really too excited about the idea of two undersized guards that teams can attack on during the playoffs. Now, OG Ananobi does offset, offset that a little bit. It makes me feel more confident in that. But – I don't think adding another small undersized guard next to Jalen Brunson would necessarily be the answer to our Wolves. That sounds like a team that could be a perennial Eastern Conference contender. And if things shake out, they make it to the finals. But I don't really see that as like a a finals contender, in, in my opinion. Like a team of Jalen Brunson, DeJounte, or Donovan, Donovan being the better one, of course, and OG Ananobi.
0: And that's the thing that bugged me the most about this trade, because IQ was probably our best trading asset. And we used him already to get player OG Ananobi yes. player, player wise, wise, best best asset. Honestly, he might even be more he's probably more valuable than any any of those picks. I think he's as valuable as you know, if you combine two of them, then sure. But that's the thing that bothered me the most because we could have used him to get that superstar level player if one were were available. And I I I agree, I will acknowledge that players like that aren't always available, they're not guaranteed, we're not always gonna get them. And the Knicks found an opportunity while he's, you know, while IQ is still a restricted free agent to get that wing player that we've been coveting or wanting for so many years and have been sorely needing. And, they're just going to have to find another way to try to group together. Like, uh, us, us assuming that we could get a Donovan Mitchell type of player with Fournier and two first round picks, I think is funny. We're not, we're not, we can't do that. We'd have to be it's very more on, like, you know, where the it.
1: contract is at, where the, the other team is at. It's like, you know, all the factors that play into a trade. But yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. Where we you're saying IQ would be that main piece. But I think we've kind of seen it over the last few years where the Knicks are offering guys like Randall, offering guys like IQ as like these like centerpieces for packages. And I'm just, I don't know. This is maybe just my opinion. I might not be accurate on this, but I feel like teams, are, teams aren't being receptive to the idea. And that's why I feel like this trade was kind of like a perfect storm in terms of, you're not even sure who the centerpiece of this trade is. Is it RJ? He has the contract. Is it IQ, who people believe have a higher ceiling and might even be the best player in this trade? But now the Raptors can look at it like, okay, we got both. Now this feels like a trade where I feel like if we're doing IQ and picks, another team still might be like, hey, is this the right deal? We know that RJ and Picks is not the right deal. Teams are saying no to that. So now I'm like, uh, so it feels like the Knicks kind of had to do this at one point because I know we value Emmanuel quickly and he should be valued. He's a great player. But at one point, you have to look around at the other teams and how are they valuing our players. And I feel like this might have been the move.
2: Yeah, I think I think this trade is an indication that the Raptors very highly value quickly. And the reason I say that is like, obviously it's possible that their evaluation of RJ is higher than some no, Knicks absolutely. fans or some yeah. people around the league. It's possible, but given what quickly expects to get yeah. in free agency, what he's already turned down, if the Raptors are trading an important player for him, for a deal including him, you would assume that they're open to paying him that amount. And so yeah. if they pay him, what we think he's expecting the 25 million plus annual range. Um, then we'll, we'll have our answer. We'll know for sure that he was the guy that they were targeting. And um, you know, something we haven't really touched on is, and we don't like, we, we all are very fond of RJ Barrett, even if all of us didn't have the rosiest picture of his basketball potential moving forward. Cause he stagnated a bit. Like I think we can all be honest about that. Um, but his contract was not a it's not a positive value for the knicks so the knicks did get out of probably their most unfavorable deal in the contract trade.
1: they were trying to get out of before they even signed it to be yeah. honest like yeah
2: so i think that i think that that's a big and i i've seen that og and might want a lot of money mm-hmm. i have a little bit of a pit in my stomach at how much he might be expected to get paid but uh, we'll we'll see how he plays. I have a, I have a good feeling that let's
0: we'll let's get into to. that because right now, if he doesn't sign an extension, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and free agent, and that would mean that we just trade RJ and IQ away and you know we're we're left with Precious and Malachi Flynn at the end of it.
1: Precious being a restricted free agent as well. Exactly. Malachi having like a year left, I think.
0: A like- couple of options for OG is I I want to I. From what i've read online is it it's a two-year 40 million dollar contract or if they do the bigger contract for what he might be looking for is a four-year 117 million dollar contract you do the math on what that is that's like a 40 that's I don't know, like 47 40 47, 47 48 million dollar contract no salary?
2: 117 four years, years 117 like 29, yeah. 29. 29.
1: 24. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Okay, I, would, okay. I would be totally
2: yeah. comfortable paying him twenty nine. I think that's what. Twenty seven
1: would be really good. cool if you get twenty five to twenty seven, yeah. but twenty nine is like. But I have seen. Really, you guys
2: have probably seen too that there was. I I don't know if I want. But that 30. he wanted forty.
1: So yes, I, I can, I can, I can go on to that rumor. So before this whole uh like de- devaluing of him through this tra- this whole market, Masai Ujiri. Yes, he was actually demanding forty million a year for his contract, but he changed agents from clutch to caa and mm-hmm. there was a report that came out yesterday specifically stating that he went into that uh deal with caa knowing that a team like the knicks might be down the line and he would have to take a, a, a pay cut to be part of that team now a 10 mil pay cut to play in new york where he could probably get a sponsorship if he plays properly make that money back through sponsorships i i could see that a 29 mil contract i can see that still feel like that's a little bit of overpaid but if he is shooting 45 percent from the corner of the from three and we're seeing him average 15 points per game right now playing with a shit team if he's playing with Jalen brunson and we see those numbers bumped up to more like a 20 points per game 19 points per game I, i could see him getting that 27 29 mil and then brunson getting that max contract and hopefully another play getting that other max contract
2: yeah he's he's gonna get paid in my opinion um I definitely think. I hope so. I hope he plays well enough
1: that he deserves to get paid.
2: Yeah, I I can't. I can't see him. I can't see the Knicks not having thought that far ahead. Um, I'm sure they have a plan for keeping him. Um, I guess we could talk briefly about Flynn and Precious. Um, I get the distinct feeling that Malachi Flynn is not going to ever get a chance to show anything. It seems like one of those things where you know he was playing. He's played more for Toronto than Deuce has played for the Knicks, I'm fairly sure. But I don't think he's established enough that Tibbs would just, you know, play him day one. And I think that Tibbs has been building trust with Deuce for a couple of years now. And he's the kind of guy where it's like, all right, this guy was waiting in the wings. He worked hard and this is our guy now. So I definitely see um, Deuce being ahead of Malachi Flynn in the pecking order. I don't think we'll see much of Malachi Flynn. Could be wrong, of course. Um, but then with Precious Achua, he's um, he's an interesting player, like definitely talented, super athletic. I think that he's known to like do a little bit too much, try to do too much with the ball, try to take it up in transition at times. It um, can be a little goofy, but Tibbs really has his centers play one way. And I think that the structure is going to be good for him. I'm just really hoping that he replaces Taj Gibson. I used to love the Taj Gibson minutes. I'm not going to lie. Like I used to love him banging people around and uh, shooting the corner three. But I think it's time for Taj to be more of a Udonis Haslam for the Knicks. Yeah, um, his it's body's like, given out, man. He, he he'll like go for an there, offensive like... rebound, and I'm like, yeah, Taj is, is giving that fight, but then he'll get a hand on it and then, like, fall to the ground, and it just feels like um, his best days are behind him. So I think we want to give Precious a shot at this point with Mitch out and replace some of that athleticism.
0: Yeah. I, I I've been looking at the threads for what Raptors fans think of Precious. And I like I if you just look up Precious Achua and hit Reddit, the first thing that you see is Precious Achua just doesn't see the court at NBA level. And then it's he's just so bad, man. IQ, his IQ hasn't progressed and he seems to have even regressed on the defensive end. And everybody's just shitting on him. He you know, another one says he just looks so defeated and unsure of himself. He looks like he's playing fifty percent effort all the time. Sounds a little
1: bit like uh, the starting power forward on the, the Knicks, if I'll be honest. But far? even
0: then, uh, the starting power forward of the Knicks is still a two-time all NBA and, and all star. But this guy, Precious, is he's another comment, is, he's been in the league for four years, and i still understand his first job after grabbing a rebound is to find an actual ball handler. Like they just <laughs> they just shit on him and they don't they don't fuck with this guy. But but if the alternative is Taj Gibson, then we gotta roll with what we got and we gotta roll with Precious. We're we might get a little pissed off at times based off what I'm seeing, all these comments. But to if be the honest, alternative he's another is Taj body,
1: he's another body to grab rebounds and just give Josh Hart and Randall both some extra breathing space because clearly Randall and Josh Hart can't share Randall's backup four position minutes, you know. So uh I think a lot of NBA nerds I've seen are very high on Precious, so uh, hopefully uh, an opportunity with Tibbs can help revamp his career because these guys are still young. He's a restricted free agent this year, so he still has opportunity to develop and grow in the NBA. I'll also say his situation with the Toronto Raptors was weird at best. Nick Nurse was wonky at the end of his Raptors tenure. This new coach, I forget his name, he's not doing that great either. And then the Raptors also do this Weird-ass shit where they have guys like Chris Boucher and fucking Precious Achua bring up the ball because they're seven-foot, six-foot-something bigs so who can shoot the three a little bit. Hopefully, Tibbs can get him into that. Don't touch the ball to shoot a three. Grab a rebound. Pass it out. Run up the court. You know? Like, mm-hmm. hopefully you can play – haven't played defense, but I, I wouldn't – like, this This isn't the the Precious Achua Malachi Flynn deal. This is the OG and OB deal. So, whatever right. we get out of these guys is, is a bonus for me.
0: Flynn's probably going to get waived. I mean, I think with adding three more players to the roster, we're over 15, so you got they They
1: they waived uh, Daquan Jeffries on. Oh, they
0: did? Oh, shit, never mind then.
1: So (laughs) I I say Malachi Flynn, like, I think Malachi Flynn, like at best could be, like, that weird Tibbs. Like, this this roster is coming more and more together, like one of those old-school Bulls rosters where, like, someone like Jalen Brunson goes out, Derrick Rose goes out, a weird-ass player like DJ Augustine or, like, you know, uh, Nate Robinson in the end of his career at a point, like, just comes off the bench and does something. Those weird, small Tibbs guards off the bench be randomly cooking. So I could see him giving him opportunity, and if he does good with his opportunity, nice. If he doesn't, take the road. We have Deuce, Deuce, we'll cover those minutes. We'll figure it out. Like. Yeah. I'm not that up on Malachi Flyn and Precious Achua. They're just they're I'll appreciate it at least they're NBA players. Like they could play NBA minutes. Even if it's like seven or eight minutes, they can give you seven or eight NBA minutes. Yeah, we're
0: gonna re- we're gonna need to rely on Precious cause with Mitch and also Sims is out too. So yeah. it can't just be Harnstein, Harnstein, and, and uh
2: I'd also be surprised if Precious isn't just much better than Sims. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking that Sims uh, should be in the rotation at this point. Precious yeah.
1: also has like real life NBA reps, like compared to Sims. Sims does have reps, of course, but uh, Precious actually plays in like regular NBA. Like you know, he'll understand NBA defenses a little bit better than Jericho Sims, and does have a little bit more tools in his in his uh, at his disposal.
0: Yeah. As long as he can grab rebounds like he we can't have like a Nerlens Noel kind of reboot with with Precious on the team. And low-key, I feel like there's going to be times when we're going to say that. Watch,
1: yeah, I've him. heard a lot of people say about Precious, there's like eight games are like, oh, this guy's really getting it together. And then another 10 where you're just like, how are you in the NBA? Like, what's yeah. going on? Like,
0: I think when they drafted him, they were kind of looking for that that Giannis kind of project. And tried yeah, to I think Miami it. drafted him. I don't know where he was drafted, but I, I feel like I mean. he was drafted in a period when they were drafting all these players to try to kind of like tall for, guys who could kind a, of a tall lanky guys who can do multiple things. Chris Bruchet, you, you mentioned. I feel like Bruno Cabaklo was that a was that a Toronto Might have
2: been the first guy that was like a clear trying to reach. Be
0: they because they called him Giannis like the Giannis five years before he became Giannis. Like that that's kind of how they they sold. Bruno, <laughs> when yeah. they drafted, him. I'm pretty sure that was Toronto. Two
2: years away from being two years away. I exactly,
0: think,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you never know with that. That's what they said about Porzingis, and Porzingis was ready right away.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then like, NBA careers are never linear. Like, look at Porzingis, amazing on the Knicks, ass on the maps, back again on the Wizards, played good for a bit, now doing pretty great on the Celtics, like – a lot of these times, I'm like, this goes for even a player like RJ Barrett. Like, I seen a Raptors fan defending RJ Barrett, probably a little bit of coping, but uh, you know, a little bit of comparison to Kyle Lowry's career, where the first few seasons in Houston, he didn't really figure it out. Change the scenery, all of a sudden he's All Star, makes a difference, and that's why we're wishing the best for these guys. Like, they still have time, and maybe under the right system, a lot of these players can develop and and become who they were meant to be.
2: Yep. Yeah, one of my last thoughts. I just want to say, I feel like this is this is anecdotal, but I feel like Raptors fans are pretty hard on the Raptors, and I'm a little worried for uh, for RJ there. Um, you yeah. know, especially hometown. We well, he could come out of the gate with a couple of bad games. I mean, he's on a really Burgers. poor run like. right now. Um, if he's if he has a rough few first few games, I think we're going to see some unkind things being said by Raptors fans, but. Um RJ is going home of all the places we could have moved RJ this is obviously the place he would have probably wanted to be the most going back home. So he's got a big
1: market, for, like relatively big market.
2: Yeah, he's he's gotten to play for like his two probably top top choice teams mm. now in the NBA. Um, Growing yeah. But uh, like most like most other Knicks fans and the takes I've seen I think that quickly is is the real get for the Raptors and he's going to open up a lot for them they've been they've been asking quite i think uh Dennis Schroeder, even in that loss to that infamous now loss to the pistons um he had 30 Dennis Schroeder, but like it's there's been too much asked of Dennis Schroeder. i think that quickly is going to make that team make a lot more sense
1: he's also on like a one-year 20 mil i could I, I could i could see him being traded off to a contender and letting because especially when you have to figure out am i going to pay quickly this 125 mil contract at the end of this year i think you're going to have to like open up minutes for quickly so i would not be surprised yeah. if uh siakam and ed schroeder are out the door in the upcoming yeah uh,
2: underrated did we um did the knicks just maybe kick off unless i'm completely blanking did the knicks maybe just kickoff trade season in the NBA?
1: Yeah, 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 I would say. So the only other trade the that happened domino? was... Because hard-
2: OG is someone who is on everyone's radar, always has. Yeah,
1: it, it was Harden earlier, but that doesn't really count. And then now it's it's this trade that...
2: Yeah. Harden trades are different. Harden trades are a hostage mm-hmm. situation for the first week of the year <laughs> that has to get resolved. But this was the first honest deal, I think.
1: It, it um, might lead to Siakam actually finally being moved. Poor
2: guy. Siakam, I mean, we know that the Bulls have some guys on the block. And
0: yeah, I mean yeah, it doesn't mentioned
2: yet when we were talking about uh like the next move for the Knicks and star trade, talk about DeJounte Murray. Um the dream is Devin Booker. I mean things are starting to go a little bit south in Phoenix, but I still I would never be able to get my hopes up to, to that level. But he's you know, he's got the good size for the shooting guard, he's got the CIA connections, connections to Leon Rose and, and his family. And um Right in that in that right uh, age range too for the team that the Knicks are building. The Knicks are building a team of guys between like twenty five and twenty seven, I think. Yeah. So, Devin Booker is the dream. Um, I'll still give it
1: another year with with the Booker sons, Beal, KD. Yeah. Like it seems like KD is really flustered in that in that environment right now. But I think they're they're going to wait to see how this year year goes with Beal, KD. See if they can get in the playoffs. they're, they're, they're their seating is pretty bad right now,
2: but. Yeah, I just yeah. don't think I don't want the Knicks to make a trade just for the sake of no. this was the plan to keep shaking things up because a trade for DeJounte and even more so, like, let, let's say the Knicks just felt desperate to keep it moving and they went and got like a Zach Levine. Um, that wouldn't be. That now,
0: wouldn't this be- this management doesn't strike me as that kind of manage- like yeah. kind of group, because well, although, if, if we know anything, they've been keeping us. Afloat with flexible contracts, so they can get out of easily and keep doing these in-season trades to just incrementally pr- improve the team.
1: Well, I'll also say this OG deal seems like enough proof that this next front office is very patient. Like uh, you're not, you can't, you can't convince me that they haven't been speaking to uh, the Raptors about making a deal for OG since last year when the value was at three picks. They could have probably pulled the trigger last year. When they had Jalen Brunson and weren't having that great of a season until after Christmas, they probably could have made the deal for three first-round picks for OG Ananobi in a year where he made all, all all defense, second team. But they waited, they were patient, and they got him at his lowest value. So yeah. I don't see the Knicks making a panic move at this but, point, even after adding Odie, OG Ananobi. If anything, they, this was a move so they could continue to keep running it, stay in this perpetual motion of – trying to contend, see if things shake out in their in their favor, let these young guys develop. Like I'm just saying a few a, a while back people were looking at Jalen Brunson as if we we're idiots. Why did we make that deal? He's not going to get any better. We already know what he is at 26. He's not going to do this. Maybe OG Ananobi can step up and not be Jalen Brunson, but a Jalen Brunson in his role. We could see something like that,
2: and then yeah, we've seen OG dealing with a weird basketball situation for a while. They're they're a weird team, the Raptors. Like we took OG and put him in a more conventional spot now. Um, the Knicks are the stable organization in this fucking in this trade. Yeah. Fucking what a time to be alive. The Knicks are the Knicks are stable, man. Uh, this is not a this is I think OG is coming to like a more stable, secure situation now, and. Um, he just he's been in trade rumors for so long. I have to think that someone who has it in the back of his mind that he could get traded any day for years is gonna be locked in and, and grateful um and excited in his new spot. So that's exactly what we're gonna find out this next these next few games and weeks and months with OG. And um as much as it stings to lose quickly and to lose RJ, I'm you know, I'm excited to for some change. I think it, it can end up being positive change.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm not one to tell fans how to fan, but like if you're rooting for RJ and quickly to light up the Knicks when they play the Knicks for the Knicks to lose just to prove a point that the front office doesn't know, quote unquote, know what they're doing. I don't think that makes any sense because then you're you're literally rooting against your team that you say you're a fan of. It doesn't make sense. Like I we obviously root for the success of the, of the two players and uh but rooting against the Knicks doesn't work. And I think I think you know these ebbs and flows and these rotations happen, and it happens to every successful team. Look at the Celtics. Everyone who made that comparison, uh, so I I'd love to give credit, but they made a point that it's been Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for the last like seven eight years. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals. They've been to the finals. But if you look at the roster, every there's so many changes. There's incrementally changing, making a move here, making a move there. You've got to slowly improve the team to get to a point where you're actually competing for the title. The Knicks are. Are essentially doing that exact kind of recipe, um and they might not have it perfect yet, but they're trying, and they're not doing an all-in move all the time. We still have our war chest of picks, we still have young players, we still have tradable assets, and team-friendly contracts. I mean, what more can you really ask for right now?
1: I'd say the only comment I could make is I wish the Knicks would like stash a draft player so we would have some young talent that we could develop and build on, but. We do. That's what's not a. That, no, what's that earpiece? The mentioned
2: Rokas name? yesterday. And yeah, now, there you go. Now, like we could really, really use Rokas, unironically, yeah. on this team. I wonder if there's any thought to bringing him over because now mm-hmm. there's a spot for him, probably. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm not in
1: disagreement. I think, I think that's how. Good NBA teams become great. Like when a team like the Nuggets have already Jamal Murray, Jokic, but then say, hey, we have this 14th pick or whatever. Let's try it on Michael Porter Jr. You know, I don't remember what number pick he was. But, you know, always like like looking to add a player in in between because the NBA draft is never linear. It's not the first player is clearly the best and then everyone else – you got to take chances and try to keep, continue to develop because if you're not adding players through sw- big swing trades, you got to hit a single or a double in the draft and 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 make it work. So I, that's the one one critique I would have of this front office. It, it's very frustrating to see in the last two years the only player that's young that's come out is Trevor Keels and he's not even part of the roster anymore. Sure, good
0: point. I don't
2: know if I ever would have thought of Trevor Keels again if you didn't just say his name. <laughs> oh shit, he was on the Knicks. Fuck.
0: <laughs> I wonder if that guy still uh you know got his pitchforks out for the Knicks train Trevor Keels. I forgot who it was, but hope he's doing well. Uh I think this wraps up this episode of Nickish, the last one of 2023. Wanna give a shout out to you, Faiz, to you, Dean. Shout out to Mill, Sid. Uh Mill also joined us in 2023, has been awesome. She's been killing it, so make sure you follow Mill Media. Shout out to Kunal, shout out to Karen. Everybody's been working extremely hard for the brand and for for the team, and just getting Nickish out there. You know, we we create clothing and apparel pieces for Knicks fans to wear to show their Knicks fanhood in more subtle ways, and uh, we appreciate everyone who's been copying it and just showing us some love and support. So it's been amazing. Uh, again, twenty twenty three was a blessed year for us. We appreciate everyone, and you know, we hope everyone has an incredible and safe New Year's tonight, and uh, has an amazing twenty twenty four ahead. I'm uh, wishing everyone here nothing but the best.
1: Don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. Please do not risk your life and don't risk the life of others. Shout out to Sid for pointing that out on Twitter. Please guys, drive safe tonight. Enjoy your New Year's responsibly.
0: Thank you guys. Check us out Nickish NYC on all social media platforms and give the podcast a five star review and check our website at nick-ish.com. Uh any last words?
1: Congratulations to Mo on getting married. Yeah, Thank you. Big Thank time. you.
2: Second that.
0: Thank you very much. Stand
1: down. More to come.
0: <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Until next time, take care. Peace.
1: Peace.